Hello, everybody, and welcome into another amazing episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Jordan Peele's Nope. Uh, you might say the uh, horror event of the summer, John, at least so far. Nope! <laughs> I would today. say that, probably, actually. I would say that, yeah. <laughs> Joining me tonight, first up from Richmond, Virginia, please welcome Caitlin. Hello. From the left coast, please welcome Rachel. Living my life, Duke's mayonnaise free over here on the left <laughs> from <coast>. LBC. <laughs> Next up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Thanks to Caitlin, I'm now contemplating a deviled egg tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm honored. Nothing, nothing better than a good deviled egg, and nothing worse than a terrible deviled egg. I will say that. Yep. I've had some deviled egg crimes in my day. It's the worst. Last up joining the deviled egg future. Last up joining me tonight from Manhattan, New York, New York City. Please welcome John Schnarch to the show. Hi, Eric. Did you get your hair cut again? It looks short and I don't like it. No, no, it's just like pinned behind my headphones. Love it. Okay, that's good to know. I'm about to have two weeks of uh, vacation. Ooh, so uh, cool. I'll be I'll be here next week, but the week after I'm gonna have to be, be out out. But um, I'm letting it all go, man. I'm not shaving. I've like I shaved oh, on Sunday. Yes. It's like I'm done. I'm gone. So you're gonna look like this in two weeks? Uh, it's more like, <laughs> like a 13 year old Casey, maybe. <laughs> John, this is shaving on Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. We uh, that means in Monday morning for anyone who hasn't seen. Hopefully you're getting. Hopefully you're a Patreon member and getting the live stream of the show. John's facial hair grows into like a perfect goatee. Like there's nothing on the side of his face. It's incredible. It's true. So get excited for that. And you thought I was white trash. John's <laughs> is natural, baby. It's me and me and Joe dirt, you know, the, uh, the Mayo discussion is, uh, that was pre-show. So that's, that's only for the real ones who've joined us at patreoncom slash bloody good horror. <laughs> Although, as people know, I've shared plenty of my male thoughts throughout the years, but there it is. There's always new ones, turns out. Uh, all right, let's do it. Let's jump right in here so that we can talk about Jordan Peele's Nope. This is it, Jennifer. There's big break in TV. Not the front time. John Schnars. You know what was Eric. cool? I realized um, I didn't see a single trailer for this movie before. How and is that possible? That's impressive. Because I didn't watch any of the ones that came out because I was like, I'm not watching that. And we have not been in the theater since Scream. And there were no Nope trailers before that. I definitely got it in the theater before something. And I had tried. I was like, I'm not, I'm not watching trailers. I don't want to see. Well, and I, I came to the conclusion too, like this. So during this movie, trailers came on and I just looked at my phone. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> trailers are bad. So true. Modern I, trailers are bad and they ruin movie going experiences. That's my you, stance. You've already forgotten the text exchange that we had, you know, on a group thread a little while back about how you wanted me to watch the Halloween. And <laughs> Oh, did yeah. you get it? He's, I got it in front of the movie. Ah, what do you think? Ah, uh, yeah, not bad. <laughs> yes, like, it's it fine. Makes it look like the movie's gonna be decent. And it's the garbage disposal. Did you get that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
It's it's fine. It's no it's no it's no Rob Zombie's The Monsters like, trailer for sure. <laughs> I just like my expectations are so yes fucking gutter low for gutter this movie at this basement point. low after Halloween Kills. Yeah, like anything. Do you know is where? Be do you know where my up. expectations are going in this movie, John? They're in say like a safe room in the basement of Jamie Lee Curtis's house where Michael Myers <laughs> should have died at the end of that first Halloween movie. That's where my expectations are. Well played. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm glad we didn't do it. I would have been like, yeah, pretty good. It was nice being back in the theater. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice being back in the theater for people who maybe are like more recent listeners. We used to go to like everything in the theater, which at some point, even pre-pandemic, had become kind of like unsustainable for our mental health <laughs> and budgets. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was nice. It was nice to be back in the theater. I went to an RPX. Which is really cool if you want to spend eighteen dollars on a movie ticket. Ouch! Wait, Eric, did you did you truly not look at any of the trailers? No, I knew nothing. I, oh. I saw the poster. I knew nothing else about Guys, this movie. I saw the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies trailer for the first time. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Oh boy! I'm I'm gonna go see that one because someone asked me specifically to see it. But I I got that one and I got the Don't Worry, Darling because the world was like, you love Florence Pugh, and I was like. That also looks amazing. Like, is that the one? Is that the Olivia Wilde one? Yeah. Okay, I have seen that trailer, and that movie looks cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, for bodies, 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 just because everyone I know who saw it is like raving about it. Oh, I don't. And saying it looks the year movie of the year. Can someone give me three words to describe this movie? Because I have no idea what it is. Sexy Stepford Wives. Wait, no, no, the Pete David. I'm talking about, about I, no <laughs> that sexy, sexy Stepford Wives. I'm, I'm, I've seen that one. I haven't seen this Pete Davidson thing, but I like him. Yeah, bodies, bodies. Um, so what is it? That? Sort of, it sort of reminded me of Ready or Not or like um, You're Next. Like it's kind of got that vibe going on, but like yeah. Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like him, and I kind of enjoy how much people hate him, and it makes me like him more. That's kind of my current stance. Is he on Pete I feel like he's there's a there's a love. there's a faction. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely it's Line Cook Summer. Um, from <laughs> I just, what I understand on TikTok, so he's having his moment. <laughs> yeah, um, love it. All right, John Schnorris. Yes, please bring us the word of the day. We we had a small exchange pre-show. I was a little upset that uh, I used Zoetrope several weeks back. It was a very <laughs> drop drop the ball on that one. Um, yeah, I mean it is what it is. This is uh, the, the cross I carry. Is there a it's word a, for like spo- word of the day spoiler person. alert? Is there a word for like spoiler alert? Really, people, I want you to know. This. Is there a word? Is there a word for like alien butt mouth? Uh, <laughs> There's not. Actually, there's a German word. It means all of this. (laughs) There's actually 10 German words that mean that exact same Um, thing. I do have a word for that, and I didn't check if I used it. Hold on. I can check this really quick. Oh, I haven't used it, Eric. You're going to be so excited. Quick word change, because I was... I was going to use the word equine or equine, but fuck that. Today's (laughs) word... Today's word is cloaca. Oh! You guys know cloaca? All right, there you go. I don't. You're going to have to spell it for me so I can put it in the doc. Here you go. C-L-O-A-C-A. Cloaca. Comes to us from biology or zoology. A common cavity at the end of the digestive tract for the release of both excretory and genital products in vertebrates. 
gross. And certain Yeah. Specifically, the cloaca is present in birds, reptiles, amphibians, most fish, and monotremes. Um, oh, interesting. They, they give an archaic definition that says a sewer. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. judgy. That sounds right. Yeah, it is a little judgy. Um, yeah, it's from the Latin uh, related to cluere, which means to cleanse. Mm. Um, oh, like yeah. a colonic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, same go. same root. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah, Chloe. I know I had to take a class in college about uh, animal sexuality, and and birds have cloaca. It's like they only have one. Why did you take an animal sexuality class? You Is got it for your major. No, no. Yeah, I wish. No, you have like several. Uh, you got to like check the box on on like two science classes, you know. Did, and, like, uh, did someone tell you that's what you exuded, and so you had to know more? I mean, <laughs> big cloaca energy. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't not say that. Okay, your Instagram bio, dude. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right, Rachel is our guest tonight. What did you think of Nope? And like broad level, what do you think of Peel? Hold on. Do you want a oh, synopsis? Oh, we just John. gonna we're just gonna throw format out the window tonight. Apparently, but listen, I didn't forget. I, the, and I, I don't didn't want to cut Rachel off. I didn't forget the intros. This is not against Rachel. I this didn't forget the Eric. intros this week at least. John, <laughs> tell me, tell me what this movie's about, John. Nope. No, you're, look, you're important I, we, too, John. We can try to keep this brief. Nope is the third film from Jordan Peele. I would say the now reigning horror. I don't know auteur. I mean, like, like. We're three films in. I will put his three films against any three films any working director has done at this point. That is somewhat editorializing. But uh, the movie tells yeah, is a story. That an IMDb? <laughs> it is. It is, actually. Um, the, the, uh, story, the story here is uh, about a brother and sister who have taken over their family business. Really, the brother is taking it over. His name's Otis Jr. or OJ. He's taking it over from his father. Um, they are horse trainers or sort of animal wranglers for Hollywood, but spe- specializing in horses. So when you like need a horse in a movie or a TV show, you hire them. They bring them out. Um, and they have this like struggling ranch. Their father has died somewhat tragically, suddenly in a freak accident that we do see and like kind of is I wouldn't say recontextualized but like it's further explained later in the film uh, he's killed by a, a nickel that falls from the sky and effectively that kills him like a bullet um, so Daniel Kaluuya is that how you say his name it's the two U's I get a little word okay Daniel Kaluuya and then Kiki Palmer is Emerald so it's Otis Jr. and, and Emerald um, and the, this horse farm is struggling after the death of the father they have a neighbor who's played by Steven, Steve Yuen or Steven Yuen, uh, who runs Jupiter Park, which is like this edge of L.A. theme park based on like prospectors, cowboy stuff and yada, yada, yada. Steven Yuen's a former child star, which becomes relevant. I don't know. We're not, not going to get into that plot line for, for now. Um, but basically, as this thing is struggling, they um, they start to experience ufo phenomena and they decide they're going to save the the family farm by taking a 
picture, like definitive proof of aliens, they're going to try to capture this thing on, on camera. And so that sort of like sets in motion a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, the rest of the film ends up becoming somewhat of a give and take between this brother and sister. You know, there's some interpersonal stuff, but then really struggling with this UFO or, or battling against, uh, you know, while while still trying to get what they call the Oprah shot, the the the, the shot they think is going to change their fortune. So I'll stop there. We can get into the rest of it as we go. Love it. Hey, Rachel, what did you think? Hey, <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm a pretty big Jordan Peele fan. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm an apologist cause I don't have anything to apologize. I think he is an incredible filmmaker. Um, and this movie did nothing to change that opinion. Um, I, you know, he talked about before this came out that it was meant to be a spectacle kind of in response to what was happening in, um, you know, pandemic film, you know, industry. And I think that he succeeds in making this really interesting kind of throwback film. I think somebody talked about Amblin in the pre-show chat. Um, uh, that is both a critique and a celebration of, uh, golden era cinema. Uh, he does what he does best, which is to tell like really compelling genre, uh, stories, but with this very incisive, uh, critical eye, that still is a ton of fun to watch. Um, that being said, I think this is probably his least funny film. Uh, his most hmm, interesting. I didn't laugh as much. I, that's not a criticism. I just think I'm it's, I don't, uh, important when we're talking about like the evolution of his films, as we talk about this, as uh, this one to me felt like it skewed further away from, from hmm. humor. I mean, there was definitely funny moments, but I didn't laugh as much. Um, but I did think it also had the single most upsetting thing I've seen in one of his films. I won't spoil it because we're not in spoiler territory, but uh, I'm a pretty jaded horror fan. And it's been a long time since I wanted to leave my body because of something I was seeing and yes. hearing on screen. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so like that in and of itself, I think, um, speaks to the Im like the potency of this film, <laughs> we'll say. Yeah, um, I got a lot more to say about it, but just in general, liked it quite a bit. Caitlin. I knew you were going to make me follow Rachel and I was going to be like, the movie good. Anyway, <laughs> Casey, <laughs> Casey can go. <laughs> I, uh, I liked this one. It's, I, I, it's not my favorite Jordan Peele movie. I think it does rank third right now um, in terms of his big releases, but I liked it fine. I think that Daniel Kaluuya is an incredible actor. There are some scenes that I was just like, I could watch him like sort of his eyes darting around while he's in the truck trying to sort of like wait out the alien. I just, I could watch him do anything. He's great. I loved the Steven Yen character and that whole Gordy storyline, which I know we'll dig into and the general commentary there and with the alien and with just the movie itself, the commentary on spectacle and being a spectacle and watching and being watched. I thought that that was a really cool theme throughout um, it was a little long, which usually I don't mind, uh, but this one I, I did feel it, and it was one that I was like, I really don't want to have to get up and pee, but I did. And that is the there worst. Also, I do hate that. <laughs> there were people that got up like a couple of times in my theater, which was a little distracting. Um, they need some of that the, flow max. The yeah. <laughs> There's movies much longer than this movie. That's also like, true. Yeah, it's not that long. That's what I'm saying. Like two hours and ten minutes. Two like, hours. Yeah. Two hours yeah. is definitely enough time. If you make a small mistake in fluid intake before you see it, two hours is definitely enough time yeah. to bone you over. I think <laughs> multiple multiple strategy. times is a little much. 
Unless you have a physiological issue, which some people <laughs> the, um, There were a couple of character motivations that were a little clunky to me, especially there are the sort of like progressions of the characters, but it was really fun. I really like the gross sort of scene that Rachel is alluding to. Um, it was cool. It was cool to watch. Dragged a little bit in some places, but I, I do like this one. Casey. All right. I am by now a diehard uh, Jordan Peele fanboy. I watched all of uh, Key and Peele, you know, and his movies coming up and everything. Watching stuff they showed up on TV, Twilight Zone, all that stuff. Loved it all. I like this movie a lot, too. I, I would say I loved it. I was on the edge of my seat for like the last 20 minutes. Legit. It was annoying my wife. Um <laughs> At the same time, if I wanted to compare this to his other movies, this is probably number three for me as far as Jordan Peele films go, too. Not at all because I thought it was a bad movie, but if you look at if and this is going to get nitpicky, of course, because it's he makes that good of movies that you kind of have to get nitpicky. But there's some dangling plot points in here that made me feel like this movie wasn't quite as tightly written as his previous two movies were, which to me just shows how well written his first two movies were that those kind of stand out and grab your attention when that happens. There's a couple things here. We can get into it later as we get into talking about the show that happens later with uh, Stephen Yoon. There's a couple mentions here that don't go anywhere. That's the nitpicks that I have. Otherwise I liked it. I thought it was really exciting, especially in that last half. I too love Daniel Kaluuya. That dude didn't have a whole lot of lines as far as, especially like with the Jordan Peele movie. And he got so much across in just his body language and grunts in his eyes. So it was pretty awesome to watch. So, and Kiki Palmer was good. I even loved the little, uh, Best Buy guy or whatever that was helping him out. Or fries, I should the say. Fries. Fries. Angel. How could you? Obsessed with Angel. Like Circuit yeah. City? Like, this is... I know. That was hard to take for me as an IT geek, seeing a fries that was still operating. I would have appreciated <laughs> warning, but... <laughs> John Schnarch. Trigger warning for Radio Shack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, as I, I sort of alluded to, I, I love this movie. Um, I like, I, I don't know. I like, I almost don't have any criticisms to make. Like, there's no, I don't, I wouldn't qualify my love in any way. Like, I just thought it was, it's, it is exciting for all the reasons you all mentioned. The acting is amazing. Like, the bar for Jordan Peele is so goddamn high. Yeah. Like, it's so yeah. high. And I still went in mm. with high expectations and came away and was just like, did it again. That's <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, it's just, it's so good. And the thing about it is like the movie's so goddamn deep. Like there's, we there's could spend so much four hours talking about this movie yeah. and probably not touch on all of the different elements. Even in our email. Set thread, the timer, we, Eric. Let's well, go. <laughs> now, listen, obviously. Well past then, my but, bedtime for him. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I like we, I like in the email, it was somewhat apparent. Like we all, like everyone mentioned like different things that were like, I really hope we can dig into like X theme or like this element or like it's so deep and look like, I don't know. I actually thought the scripting and everything holds together really well. I feel like if anything, the problem is it's so fucking dense that I feel like I need to watch it again yeah. or more than one more time to really kind of pull out of it. Everything that was put into it. Um, I mean, look like it's a two hour plus movie at no point that I, I, I didn't look at my phone. I didn't look at my watch. I didn't like eat. There wasn't a moment where I was like, huh, this is starting to get a little, I don't know. It just, it yeah. pulled me through in a way that like, 
other two. When it ended, I was like, holy shit, the movie's ending. Like, I think this is the end. So I don't know. I, I loved it. I mean, I like I won't even bother like ranking them into like they're all great movies. There's, there's like, a question. Jokes on you. There's an Instagram question. Yeah, let's save it. Let's, I'm not going to do it. Let's I will save refuse. It. They're all number one. All I want to show you guys something. That I want to show you guys something. I don't know if this will show up on the screen here. Someone just retweeted this. So look at Steven. Look at Steven Yeun's hat. Yeah. That's not a hat. Oh, shit. Oh. Fucking brilliant. That's a poster for the movie. Well, what's funny is when I saw that poster for the first time, like from far away or like I, there's like a version where it's like all four of them. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a person with an afro. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> who's that, that dude, character that's, in the movie? That's why this was before I I'd that. seen the movie. Though. John, it's my favorite day because you and I are pretty much in lockstep here, buddy. Um, oh, this movie did two things for me this weekend when I went to see it. It made me feel joy and wonder. And as a mm-hmm. pretty, uh, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'm a cynical jaded person. Ass I'm fairly mofo, jaded. Is like what you were trying I'm to fairly jaded. Here. I'm 40 years old. I've, li- I've been critically covering the horror genre for 22 years. So when a movie can make me feel wonder, I mean, forget it, dude. I could sit there all day. Like that's incredible to me. Um, this is like, to me, the Jaws thing makes total sense. And he talked Jaws a lot during the uh, lead up to it. But to me, it's Tremors. It's like an early yeah, 90s action heavy sci-fi film with like a ragtag group of people trapped in a valley fighting a monster of unknown origin that we never learn where it comes from. There's a ton of humor. So I actually found it really funny. Like I thought it for me, I thought it was like maybe his funniest movie. Get Out is very funny. Um, I just remember us being like relentlessly dark. I know there's joking in the first act and stuff, but after that, I just remember like grimness. Well, like it has what's his name? Uh, the the dad in Tim and movie. Eric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that whole fun- I always police forget. scene. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. And Catherine is it Catherine Hahn who's in that? Is that Elizabeth her? Moss? Yeah, yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss right. Yeah. So, but anyway, it's really really funny. Um, I read somewhere that he totally re. re- after he met, he he saw the audition for the guy who played the fries technician, and rewrote mm-hmm. the script to make that a character because like a more of a character because he liked the kid so much. Um, and that dude's hilarious. He's out on Twitter right now going ham, just being like, put me in this put, uh, Marvel. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> like he's, 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 it's adorable. Kind of guy. Let's go. It's adorable. And I love hey, it. Might as well. Um, yeah. So man, I think it is a suspenseful, really sublime, really funny, uh, really deep movie. That's also like, I think my favorite thing about it is that it's like a huge fucking swing. Like it is a huge ambitious swing in the way that I remember saying like us was a huge ambitious swing coming off of get out. It was like taking the, it's like each movie kind of has taken on the foundation that he's built and been like, you know what? I can get weirder. And he totally does. And I like that he has, um, the kind of balls to just like make completely insane characters like this Steven Yoon character. Uh, the whole backstory, I mean, only somebody with a lot of sway in what their projects are can make a script like this, can make it dope. Like, well, and only someone that's had that kind of film. success. When right, the film opens, opens with that 
with that audio because it's it's not even visual when it starts like you're just hearing it yeah i think over the credits i was i was like what in the fuck like i couldn't and to your i, I totally agree with you it's such a like specific strong choice and and confident choice like confident it's a hugely yeah. confident movie and i think that i in particular respond to films like that like when i immediately feel like i'm in the hands of a confident filmmaker i'm much much like a predator john i smell weakness on filmmakers <laughs> 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 they look me in the eyes and i just know um but no i I think from frame one, you just feel his confidence in this. And that allowed me to just settle in and be like, sure, monkey attack. Let's get this. Uh, (laughs) I love the like subversion of UFO tropes. So we, when we find out that this, first of all, that it's a UFO, which you, I I only knew because someone on Twitter said it like, otherwise I wouldn't have known. Really quick. I know you didn't watch the trailer. Like the thing, the trailer gives away that whole thing. Like, you know, right. this is a UFO. But I mean, the like further there were people being like, maybe it's not a UFO. It's a fucking no, UFO. But it's, it's not very obvious. I mean, it is, but the, by subversion, I mean the fact that it's actually just an animal. It's an alien, right? Like the thing itself, totally. that the thing itself is not mechanical. Although I guess maybe you could argue biomechanical, but like that it is a creature. And what I love about that is I feel like, with most UFO movies, there's kind of this promise of like, even if you get sucked up into it, that you will gain some kind of forbidden knowledge that even if you end up dying, right? Like all you want is to get into that ship and see what's going on. I know I always talk yeah. about this, but whatever that dumb found, fo- the dumb found footage movie, the alien invasion one we watch where at the end with the camera, it's called alien. They abduction. get sucked up into it. And like yeah. there's anal probes happening and they get spit out. It's, it's amazing. But again, like that's that moment you're waiting for. The way that this movie subverts that and then creates like one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen is so brilliant. And I like, it's almost like nihilistic to just create that, be like, nope, there's nothing on the other side of this except just grim fucking death. Um, And they find ways for for the creature to be funny. Like when the creature like poop dumps all over the truck in the house, like it's... It's funny in that, like, it seems to be doing it to the house in particular on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So, like, because it's being territorial, it is a masterclass. I feel like in like switching tones. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I again, like Rachel said, I have way more to say about it, but I, I loved it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm gonna assume we're going into spoiler territory here. So, Fully. like the creature itself, as we get it, since we. Eric's brought it up, but with the creature itself is one of the most impressive things about this movie. And it's great. I saw like the early teaser trailer once. I didn't watch the full trailer when it came out and whatnot for the same reason Eric, Eric did. So I still didn't know exactly what we we're dealing for. So going into this movie, I a hundred percent assumed at some point we we're going to see little gray men or something of Jordan Peele's take on it and do his own thing on it. And I was totally expecting that to the point, like early on when I think he said it was Clover got out. I think it was when Clover got out and uh, Stephen Yoon's kids were there and walking through there. They had the costumes on. I was on the edge of my seat. Cause I'm like, Oh shit, they're going into it already. Here we go. <laughs> and it was really well shot. Yeah. And they built great tension around it and use the viewer. You're like, even if you had watched the full trailer and had a better idea, you're still going to be sitting there going, Oh, here we go. <laughs> And then he ends right. up punching Something a kid in the face. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was awesome. And that's those moments that switch it over. So then as we get in there, I'm a big sci-fi fan. I've read a lot of hard science fiction and stuff like that. Never really entered my mind that, that that's the angle he's going to. So as soon as we get that scene of OJ when they're all standing and staring at the crowd, and he's like, well, what if it's not a ship? And I was like, oh, <laughs> so was, that's the excitement I got out of it. That was really cool. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, this is what sort of like everyone has talked about, but I, I do want to bring it up because I think it's worth mentioning. And it is the thread that ties the whole movie together. And my complaint was that it didn't feel quite cohesive enough to me. Um, but the one sort of like really cohesive thread that I really appreciated was this continuing commentary on spectacle. Like, don't look at it. And all we want to do is look at things. Stephen yeah. Yen's character, Jupe, thinks that it's what he calls them like the viewers. He thinks it's watching them, mm. which is a very sort of like, spec. like, oh, I'm the spectacle, too, which is silly because this predator doesn't want to watch you. It wants to eat you. Well, you can almost, but, and then it's like almost an Internet allegory in some way. Very much so. And then, yeah, you know, like that's, a giant eyeball. I mean, it does. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, underlined by the fact that, like, we have that Gordy backstory where he's like, he doesn't necessarily recall when he's talking about it to other people, the experience of happening, of it happening to him, but like the SNL sketch and how, like, iconic and, like, you know, Chris fucking Catan, like, you know, that sort of delivery <laughs> and then this, oh like, my God. shrine to the spectacle of what happened to him. Like, I think, like, all of us, unless I'm speaking out of turn, really, like, can get behind that messaging and the little parts that make up this sort of like spectacle of it all us watching being watched and wanting to, to look, but you're not supposed to sort of thing. Well, he's also, he's never processed clearly or fully what is happened, what happened to him. Oh, he is, he is a broken human being and it's the best part about that character because it's all just fake, like happy facade and his like little, his little ranch family and stuff, you know? Well, and it's funny because he's like both, the child star who is like not become a complete desert. Like he's like a perfectly happy guy with like a family, but he has this like one dark moment. In nobody's his past. nobody's that happy in Perky John. It's not well, <laughs> I mean, fair well, like, enough. And I he guess, thinks that but... he's going to be able to fist bump the alien. Like he well, was able to fist bump Gordy. And it's like, I, I love his character. I read it, it as no, like, yeah, he amazing. is completely, so, good. so well I read it as like, he's just completely cracked and like off the reservation. Well, yeah. he's just never, I think it's like, he, you know, he's, he's it's got all, this it's all part buried. of his life. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his part of his life. That's like, com- that, you know that is I- almost like hived off. Look, the way, the fact that that mausoleum or whatever, that museum is a secret room. <laughs> it's not like, it's like a room that like, yeah. he like proudly. Displays. Yeah. That's it's really like, interesting. You know, he says he charges people to see it usually. And the German couple or whatever Stayed paid 50 grand to stay the night in there. Again, <laughs> the spectacle no, no, totally. of like, yeah. The voyeurism of like this fucking horrific tragedy. Well, let's but, watch it. But if it was something he was proud of, he would put it front and center. It's yeah. like he's both like capitalizing on it, he but like seem, he knows he that does it's seem like kind weirdly, of a weird, shameful thing. He, but he does seem weirdly proud of it in the way, like at least it makes him noteworthy. Like yeah. he, he yeah. seems yeah, to be proud of like the noteworthiness this, he gets. Not from in a healthy way, I would argue. No, I, I know. know it's this thing about like sometimes things that are born out of trauma become things that you're attracted to. 
And I think that there's like a bad miracle, Rachel, one could say (laughs) one could say, and I definitely have thoughts about that, but I, uh, but yeah, I think there's, there's some degree of him kind of regaining control and being able to kind of recast himself almost in a, a powerful position because he was the one person who could maybe like connect with this apex predator in a way that kept him safe. Um, and I don't know that I he doesn't totally remember what happened because we see him kind of being nostalgic about it. I think he doesn't like talking about the truth of what happened when he can recontextualize it for people through kind of a pop culture like lens. Well, keep yeah. in mind too that he clearly he clearly had the, dr- the other thing that drives him is being the star too since he was a kid. That's clear because mm-hmm. he was the star of the Gordy show and he was ta- a star of another show before that, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. The way that the film is edited, uh, really quick, like he he definitely remembers. Like the movie Mm -hmm. implies through its editing that like we're we're seeing these scenes as he's thinking about them. It like you know you it's very clear. Like here he is. Yeah, here's the scene of him like fist bumping. But the way that he communicates that story is through a pop culture lens of like remember the SNL sketch they told it better than I could. Mm -hmm. He's directing it back to the spectacle of it all. Well, and it struck me as defensive. It was like it was a way of like putting a layer on it that yes. he wasn't actually yeah, I dealing. I mean, and then you've got the 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 sister from the show when she shows up. Oh my god! And she has the scrim yes. on her. That was you part know, of my, and it, that was part of my writing problems. And I was going to bring this up now after Caitlin was talking because I think she made me see the point of it. Because really, because that was one of my problems. Like there was no point for that girl from the TV show to be there at the Juniper Ranch to see that show. But at the same time, Stephen Yoon's character is just using it to add to the spectacle of his mm, show because he's like, "Hey, yeah. look at this messed up." It's lady all. I mean, right? just from a movie perspective, it's a fantastically shocking moment. Like when you realize what you're looking at. That I had forgotten. Yes, but at first I was like, okay, but then they didn't do anything with her. It's like, well, what's the point? She kind of just got sucked, eaten at the point right after that. So it was well, kind of like, bring her back. Apparently that's based on a true story. I think mm-hmm. they've mentioned in the movie itself, like that's why you don't use chimps anymore. But yeah. that actually did happen. And apparently a woman who did have a pet chimp like Gordy, but in real life, it did attack her face. And oh, when I, she went yeah. on Oprah, yes. she wore a veil like that. So it's like Jordan Peele referencing like that. And there's the Oprah, Oprah references. Shot, like, all of it coming together. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was mm-hmm. like, um, I say, that makes more sense. I had completely <laughs> forgotten about that Chris Kattan rant. I was in the theater <laughs> by myself laughing like an idiot because like, I mean, clearly we're just mocking Chris Kattan with this scene. Like the, the way he's going off <laughs> about how brilliant Chris Kattan is. Like, Chris fucking Kattan. Like, yeah. I was fucking uh, losing it. It was so funny. Colleen and I had had the same reaction, but for different reasons, because Mr. Peepers, when he played a monkey on SNL, was one of our favorite Chris Kattan characters, mm-hmm. especially when the uh, Rock showed up to play Mr. Peepers' son. Um, Mr. Peepers. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen that sketch. Uh, well, one thing, um, just to round out the spectacle that I didn't notice, but I was wondering, like, why the hell they named him OJ? Because I think Jordan Peele is a really thoughtful director, and there, I, there's a reason. Like, there's, it's not just an accident. I did. We know it's that. Otis Jr., but I was listening to the Straight Chilling podcast earlier, and they were talking about how one of the first, like, nationwide spectacle. pop culture spectacles we had was the OJ Simpson like Bronco Chase and trial. Uh, and I was oh, like, God yeah. damn it, you smarty pants. I Dude, dead ass. I, for people of a certain age, I can recall in social studies class in like 
sixth grade or eighth grade. I don't, know, I don't forget. I forget the year. Bring, then bringing a TV in so we could watch the trial. Like we watched the verdict live yes. in middle yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. In our classroom. Yeah. And I like before even the, I had seen the movie, I knew that the character's name was OJ. And I was like, I, I did, like, obviously I had no context at that point, but I was like, I know that Jordan Peele is intentional with this kind of stuff. So there has to be a reason. And now yeah. it all makes sense. Shout well, out to and chilling. <laughs> and it is common. It is commented. Like one of the, I can't remember the scene, but the actress, someone's like, this one of the cusps. Yeah. The- <laughs> I love to. I just generally love seeing. I mean, there's you could talk, you could go on forever about all the actors in this movie, but seeing Steven Yoon play kind of out of character somewhat is so much fun. The whole scene that leads up to the uh feeding, let's say, like the slow reveal when he reveals that jacket with the UFOs on it. Oh, so cool. good the way that's shot. And the audience. Oh, I hope Joe Bob gets that jacket. And the audience is like slow understanding that they're not exactly sure what's happening. Um, And their phone's out though. Oh my gosh. And like, I love, and again, like it's a thing that's really good about Tremors, these huge, wide open, beautiful spaces. But when you shoot them in a certain way, they start to feel ominous. So he uses like Mm -hmm. a lot of wide shots that give you like an almost overwhelming sense of like the space that the characters are in. And I love these like big, huge sweeping like he'll he'll kind of swing the camera up towards the sky and you'll but like you're seeing things kind of the same way a character would if they were darting around trying to see this thing up in the clouds where like mm-hmm. you're only catching pieces of it and for large sections oh. of the movie that's kind of what you're seeing right it's almost like a, a jaws-esque like yes. yeah, there's slow, nowhere to really hide i mean there's a couple shelters but like it's but like, like a, said, it's pretty yeah, bad. Like a jaws, like super oppressive for a while. He, he, I think he, I think he calculates it really well for like, for a while. It's a jaws esque slow burn. Um, less is more with the monster kind of thing. But then he does like just fully present it to you at the end, which is always nice when you get the payoff. He did a lot with a lot of uh, really small, like close-up shots too. Like there's a scene I think in the truck with Daniel Kaluuya when things started going down. It it may not have been in the truck, but there was a moment you could see because he's got such distinct eyes. Like somebody mentioned something with the creature, and you just see Daniel Kaluuya's eyes go straight to the sky. Those little shots too were great because that puts you right in the head of what they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. I think it's also really smart design initially, right? Because when you see it, you know, we're programmed to think it's one thing. So you can reveal the creature and mm-hmm. then have a second reveal when you understand greater context of what it is that you're looking at, yeah. which I think yeah. is really smart. There's, there's at like, least... Go ahead, Kim. Well, in, in relation to that, I think that it's a really smart setting too. Like, it makes sense historically, like for the Black Jockey and their descendants from him. But like also the creature shuts all down all energy so like we're gonna use horses to get around we're gonna use the crank camera like it's a good setting with good sort of like okay we're connected to this hollywood thing that's why we have connections to this like crank film obsessed dude we can ride the horses that's why we're not gonna get i just i like that it's built into that setting really and like it's a smooth transition Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i go ahead schnorris no no no. go 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 i was just gonna say i think that um I mean, like I said, kind of all the actors, but this this Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya, like duo, yes. they're they're really good together because they're just mm-hmm. so different. Like she is uh, very like confident and in your face and like free spirited, phys- physical, free spirited, like this like mm-hmm. very physical style of acting. 
Whereas Daniel Kaluuya is like shy and reserved and like, like Casey, he doesn't even have a lot of lines. It's a lot in his facial reactions yeah. and stuff. And you know, that's the, the core emotional part of the movie is, um, watching them kind of like, almost like learn to trust each other again. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you also get those little flashes to show how close they actually are too. I, one of my favorite scenes is right there towards the B, uh, you know, like the, f- third act takes off and they're psyching each other up on the uh, porch. I love the high five. Like, like, oh, yeah. Like, I have a brother and I'm like, fuck you. Let's go. That like, gif, yep. yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that I get along with my brothers that well, but that, that gif is really amazing. And I've seen it out on the internet a lot and it's, it's That's real good. good for like all things. Absolutely. Well, and I like, so on their relationship, one of my favorite scenes is one of the first scenes in the movie where he's on this, very important job where they're shooting this commercial It's where they meet the cinematographer and she's late. And so he's like put in this position where he's supposed to like lead the, like the security chat or something. Safety meeting. meeting. He like won't look anyone in the eye. Like it really, that scene is very pivotal for like sort of setting up both of their characters and Mm -hmm. then also their relationship to each other. I also love like, like we can get into how this it's not so so central to the movie but you know she comes in she sort of saves him because he's struggling to get through this meeting Mm -hmm. she goes into this whole spiel about the original hayward hey haywood who was this black jockey who's in the first sort of series of pictures get that get turned into the first moving image and then there's like a great 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 whatever there's like a joke about like she misses a great uh grand relative and so like how central this like horse and and this rider were to like cinema. Mm-hmm. And then they're like standing there in front of this green screen with this horse who has all these like little baubles on him. And it's like this, this um, contrast of like where we are. I mean, just like commentary on filmmaking and like this, this thing, like they've built this business on horses as, as a central part of like filming. And here they are, like he's standing in front of the green screen. It's like, don't look the horse in the eye. Don't anyone like talk to the horse. Where's the, what's the horse going to do in this shot is what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's on a course, green like, screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then of course, like they like do something wrong and the horse like kicks over the like, I don't know, John, don't they, don't they shoot Marvel movies over. like entirely in green screen these days? No. Well, and so that's the, but that's the joke is like they, they bring in this horse, the horse kicks over this thing. Cause they startle it. Horse. Fired. And then they fire him. <laughs> and then the, the next shot is, uh, OJ out on the phone and they're bringing in like wheeling a fake horse. in yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's just like this is that's this is fucking Hollywood like why use a horse you know and Did it's you like all... they're in this business that matters to them it is like it's there's very historical but there's it's... lots of interesting like you can feel him kind of working out like his angst on like Hollywood inside baseball stuff mm-hmm. uh, and it's yeah. like it's yeah. a balance I mean I think he makes it pretty d- accessible and it's kind of fun to hear his like thoughts on it did you guys catch who uh, the director of that show they were working on was? I was it Oz Perkins? It, it was Oz Perkins. <laughs> I saw him in the credits. Like I saw yeah. him on, on the Perkins, IMDb yeah. listing and I was like, wait. And that, okay. He did Griddle and Hansel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black yeah, Coat Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Black Coat Star. Yeah. I mean, Can I ask about the horses real quick? <laughs> Sure. What was the significance of the title cards for them? Because that's one thing that, like, I don't know, like, what the demarcation of those was meant to evoke or represent i thought it was cool i just wasn't totally sure like is it like this one's being eaten by the monster at this time or yeah i think that's 
I took it as oh. what you know they were. The, it was announcing the events that led to the next encounter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the and last so the, title, the last title card is Jean Jacket, right. which is mm-hmm. the name of the monster, the monster, which is yeah. and was like a horse that had been part of their thing. I don't know. Like I, I have not formulated a clear or concise response to like why he used title cards at all. Um, I don't know that it was like total. wasn't, was Gordy one of the title cards? Yeah. I don't even remember. When I that. see, no, I remember, when I remember was, when I it was see, all the horse yeah. name. It was, yeah. it was ghost clover, clover Lucky, and jean jacket. When okay, I see so title, yeah, that was when I see title cards, I immediately get nervous. Like, Oh shit, this person is, must be smarter than me. I'm just going to pretend like I know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> I mean, look, like, there is... I feel very called out by this. <laughs> we, I mean, we've sort of like, talked uh, about, like, mm-hmm. this movie That's, is stru- it's this part of the movie we're going to see now. Okay, cool. But, like, structurally, this movie is, like, very ambitious. Like, the way he yeah. intercuts the Gordy backstory with the present-day mm-hmm. stuff, there's... While there's not that many characters, there's, like, there's enough. And so, at a certain point, like, the title cards are just, like, structural. Like, they're just, like, sort of, like, moment. Like, the ghost one was like it it kicks you into this moment where like ghost goes and does something and then the clover right. one it's like clover you know so i don't know like there may be some deeper symbolism to it that i it's like i said i feel like i could watch this two more times easily and still be pulling like fresh stuff out of it um the thing about the horses i wanted to talk about like and and i don't know that i've like fully formulated this there's like there so like part of what's happening in the beginning of the film is to keep the the farm the farm the the ranch going. OJ is selling the horses to Jupe to the Stephen Young character. So it's mm-hmm. it's sort of like he's cannibalizing his own business in hopes of keeping the business alive. Mm-hmm. Well, and he says and he so, wants to buy them back eventually. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's what every failing business person says. Like they're gonna. <laughs> John. But like, no, well, and, but what he's doing, what he doesn't realize he's doing is he's selling these horses to be consumed right. by yes, that, yeah. totally. Yeah. But, but so like, and then this, you know, then you have this all consuming entity that destroys Jupiter's, what's it called? Jupiter's ranch or Jupiter's realm or whatever. Like yeah. that destroys Ju- Jupiter's claim. Yeah. That makes more sense. Jupiter's claim. <laughs> like, and you know, and so I don't know, like there's, there was something whether it was meant to be like a deeper discussion of like capitalism, frankly, and like, again, like structural issues in the film business and all these, like, cause it does tie back, like what were these horses meant to do? Well, they were meant to be on film, but like that wasn't working out. Like now they're being yeah. fed to an extraterrestrial mm-hmm. and, well, that's and a different, you know, Steven Yeun's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, exactly. And Steven Yeun's character was trained through that system mm-hmm. and like, was the one doing the feeding of these yeah. animals into yeah. the system, you know, like, well, yeah, that was what was two different kinds of cowboys, right? Well, there's like the yeah. working cowboy and then who's like kind of the, you know, John yeah. Wayne type. And then there's the Roy Rogers cowboy, which is like the false cowboy that is the like Hollywood the spectacle type. cowboy. Yeah. The costuming in this is so, I think really compelling around those kinds of things, talking yeah. about those dynamics. Um, and that they're both so like entrenched in sort of different kinds of Americana. One of them is kind yes. of, more like a working class and the other one is you know yeah kind of a vapid sort of entertainment based like mm-hmm. um illusion of of a type of person i mm-hmm. don't know it's that's Which what i'm like, saying was getting into like the americana stuff and the uh, like anti-capitalism of of it all i i was into if i can go one level deeper on that 
let's Jupiter's say two level. claim is like well i mean jupiter's claim is like succeeding like the failure is he goes too far and he thinks right. that he can like you know uh or, or, or he can that like, bigger spectacle to make more well, money. exactly like he thinks he can like train like this extraterrestrial the reality is like <laughs> it looks like it's doing pretty well like just as like a you know kind of like fun attraction. fringy yeah. yeah like attraction um so yeah i don't know i that whole, can i that whole- Go ahead, I just wanted to say that whole Star Lasso scene, like Eric said, we get the initial reveal of his cowboy jacket that Steven Yudes doing, but that was like the biggest emotional gut punch of this movie to me, is once he start, ripped off that uh, the tarp of the horse, and he starts telling the story, that when it sinks in that he is buying these horses to feed him to the thing, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my god. Yeah. Um, did anyone else have a, a similar reaction during that scene? So I'm watching the scene, and again, like you don't you don't, it's a kind of a major turn when you see what happens in the scene, but like, so they get sucked up into it and I'm like, my brain goes like, um, oh, there, this is like some kind of entrance tube into the spaceship. And then I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. Like, and then screaming and like smash cut. And I was like, what the fuck? The screaming yeah. while digesting oh, is, God. I'm a real big fan. And honestly, it happens so fast. I was kind of dumbfounded for a second. I was like, are they yeah, going to yeah. eat? You can oh, still yeah. hear it, though, when it's like yeah, hovering over the house. Screaming, and yeah. you can hear like the ah, inside. Well, and, and I'm like, oh, no. He, yeah, they tease it earlier in the film because when it takes up one of the horses, he like hears it while he's in bed. I, there's like a sequence where you can hear some like weird noise and he doesn't know what it is. So, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I loved how when he pulled the sheet off of the like horse in that that star lasso scene, the horse was just like, "Fuck no, am I?" Going <laughs> <out there?"> like, <laughs> he's like, "That's just like, just like planted firmly. Like, I'm not going." No. <laughs> yes. That whole like amphitheater set too, the way it looks out over the valley, it's just such an amazing mm-hmm. like visual. Mm-hmm. The little orange like you know hard plastic seats with the misters to keep people yeah. cool. Like, yeah. and then when it's empty, like, and then you can sort of see them all misting and there's like nothing there. I, yeah, that was a really cool set piece. Mm-hmm. Costuming yeah. included. Love, love the UFO shiny red rhinestone I jacket. I want it. <laughs> you must get it. I think I must get it. I think you're right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, he does something with sound in this that it, it like hit me on a lizard brain level. I wanted, like I said, I wanted to leave my body. The pleading, as you could hear them screaming, no, just like the denial that they were in, knowing what was happening to them, and then just the spray of blood got me more than like the most, like we watched incredibly gruesome movies this year. We watched that stupid Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was way more violent, but it did nothing. <laughs> it is. It this, is. I was chilled to the bone it is so claustrophobic and like horrifying in a deep human level just the thought of being mm-hmm. digested alive and it's again like it's a short scene you're not really seeing much. it's more almost suggested than anything yeah uh, but that's so genius fun. when you especially after you get through the end of the show to see that he told us exactly what was going on early yeah. on but it was so a so out there almost said so alien to us that we mm-hmm. couldn't figure you know it had no concept of what was going on the uh yeah the one thing I wanted to mention that we haven't talked about is just I love the decision to give it a sort of final evolution, like a final form at the end, where mm-hmm. it's almost like because they're they've learned to not look at it, it like cranks up the dial, basically trying to become something like just so beautiful and like sublime that you can't 
Yeah, it's like, I dare you not to look at me. Yeah, like that is so fun. And just the effects on that thing, it almost like unfolds into this crazy like Japanese lantern looking thing or something. Mm -hmm. Jellyfish. Uh, Jellyfish, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. no different than like a predator that uses its decolletage to lure in prey right. and stuff too. Yeah. Out there, you it's watch like people watch them on planet. Like, where were you for right. the word mm-hmm. of the day, Casey? That's a pretty good word. <laughs> <laughs> so, question that came uh, up when I so I saw this with a couple friends uh, on Sunday. Why do you think it attacked the floating Jupiter? We know it was afraid of flags. And like I kind of just made the point because it had eyes when we were and talking it was, about because it was looking it, at it. It had never seen anything floating like that, and it, so it was just like there was a thing to go after. And here's a part. Here's I mean, a part. Had a face, right? Well, you know, it, yeah. it was in its space too, more so than anything else it had been hunting too. Here's a part yeah. I missed, and this may be like a dull moment. So, do they rig it with explosives, or was it has to do with a gas that was making it float or something? I like, think it just, it's just can't the gas. that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I thought I saw fire. Basically, it popped. I took it as it popped it, and the pressure of the gas is what. Because yeah. I thought I. Because mean, I, I thought the I. The membrane of that thing does not seem super thick, which is why you can hear people screaming I, through it. Right. I thought I saw. <laughs> I thought I saw fire, which suggested to me like some type of incendiary device or something. It was more like a puff of smoke, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember fire, but I don't. They, know, there was no. Sunday. She definitely didn't like rig anything. It was also, sort of just, like, worth worth noting that that type like that's exactly how they kill the monsters and tremors. Not exact, but like they basically have to using its senses, they have to trick it into doing things that will kill it. Basically, Look, and they I just gas it out. And they fucking tremors. He made tremors, it. and it's awesome. Tremors comes after Jaws. Like it learned from Jaws. Like maybe Tremors is Jaws, and then this movie is Jaws. Does Jaws have Kevin Bacon in it? I don't think so. (laughs) I do like the the way they play with the idea that like it can only consume organic matter. So like Mm -hmm. Angel, who was probably my favorite character in this, when he's like wrapping himself in the tarp and the barbed wire, and you're just like, oh, Uh, honey, like don't. (laughs) But it's I like watching that. I. I don't know. And I'm like, I'm so glad that he, you know, gets out. Spoiler he alert. And then does I he also make it? like, okay, I forgot. I think he, I think he lives. I didn't. It's yeah. just so much uh, happening well, in the finale. It dawns just, on me now actually thinking about it. Sorry, John, but like they set up the whole thing with, uh, Kiki Palmer stealing the statue from Jupiter's claim. And then the creature comes and eats the statue. I think that's showing us that the creature's, not infallible, right? It's, oh, it's it, it's super see some dumb. of this stuff, and yeah, it's yeah. dumb, and it's doing things by instinct. So that would explain why it would that would help explain why it would attack the balloon. Totally, mm-hmm. it was more that the balloon had a bunch of flags on it, which like they had kind of set up that that. That's oh, true. That's a good thing. point. That's, that's like the any of them, whatever. I, like, I'm not over. I did like much. Like it worked for me. I yeah, did so like I the pretty to, brilliant. Like, I liked the pretty brilliant. Um, idea to put the like wacky waving inflatable tube men in the movie because and then like the way that they so played good. with the eyes yeah. like it was fucking it up because it thought it was being looked at well when you see it like you know when you see the power go out and it, the, it just yeah. die and that's how you know where it is kind of like with the buoys and, and jaws like it is yeah it's, Guys, it's this really movie is jaws like i understand yeah. eric wants to think that it's tremors here's the other thing i just wanted to come back to this it's tremors um quint <laughs> quint and the cinematographer, yeah, I see that are the same yep. character. Yep. The yep. Same but character. I like they... Quint so much, and I really did not like the cinematographer. John, like... John, are well, you familiar the... with Fred Ward? So, oh. yeah, but he's, he's in the movie the whole time. The Listen, is like, I just want to. Like I want to state this for the record. I really like the director character, and I thought he was funny. 
But he's yeah, a, I remember that's the point where you and I were like different. I like him as well. He's a cinematographer. He's because they set it up during the. Um, Does he have to uh, talk like fucking Batman? Like it's just so. <laughs> funny. That's that's, that's how he what talks. He sounds that's like. Sounds like. Well, it's sorry, you're voice shaming <laughs> Michael Wincott. I just. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. I do like that his like U- USS whatever it was from Jaws is flying purple peepee leader in this. So. Yeah. Well, so that the other point I was going to make. Grown. I I got really say, that, that extended <laughs> like a slow speaking out of purple peepee leader. I was like, oh, he's really going to see the whole thing. Like, sure. Yeah. Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin, but, but Caitlin really, let, yeah. let the joy the into your heart. In Jaws thing, like Jaws is they they go out because they have to like kill the fish and they find the person. That is like the person who's going to help them kill the fish and has the boat. Mm-hmm. Quint has the crazy camera and they're not trying to kill the alien. They're, at no point do they talk about killing the alien. They just want to capture him on video. So, Caitlin, you said the buoys are the like dancing uh, auto, you know, yard. Oh, men. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like they're, they're the buoys. And so it's like it. It's like very it's not shot for shot or anything, but it is. There's so many parallels yeah. Now, how he goes down, like why and how Quint goes, Quint, uh, <laughs> Michael Wincott, the, his name's Antlers, I believe, in the movie. Yeah. It's like Antlers yeah. something. Um, I would like to point a out. Is that a I'd like get to, out reference? Is that like a get out re- recall? Like, yeah. I would like to that? point out for the record that as cool as his little editing room is, those little like editing solarium there, that is not practical. There's way too much natural light. You could not see what you were doing yeah. on that screen. Eric, he's got a bunch of animals devouring each Any other. Sense. He also wore a trench coat with shorts, so, you know, <laughs> questionable taste there. He <laughs> was a weird one. I think I just, like, I know he's supposed to be, like, this eccentric, like, weirdo ego, like, out the wazoo, and I think that's, I, I like, I get it, and I still, am like, I enough. I don't need to. And I, I love the dinner conversation. Do you want to comment before. on his physical appearance, actually? Well, yes, you're <laughs> ugly. <laughs> There was very good looking, I must say. There yeah, was, I was gonna say ruggedly handsome. <laughs> when uh, Angel's like trying to be like, so we are doing this like somewhat for good, right? Like we're maybe gonna save people. We're not just getting the shot. And they're all like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 I, and then yeah, the, yeah. then that's when the director does his purple people leader thing. But like I I do. Angel is so endearing and I just love his character. The way he dresses, his like shitty little apartment, everything about him is I love it. I love that they had to go to his apartment. And then, <laughs> and then there's the moment where he's like, I, you guys, I guess you guys are sleeping. They're, playing, they're playing VR. <laughs> I guess you guys are staying with me. I did. It's a, I think that both that character and the director character felt like straight out of like an 80s movie to me. Mm-hmm. And I oh, loved mm-hmm. Partially because they both just so quickly buy. An buy'd. 80s movie like Jaws. Uh, Jaws did not come out in the 80s, John. You want to check your facts on that one. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, you're right, you're right. Sure. But no, in the way that they just sort of very quickly buy in with what they're being asked to believe. Like uh, in this movie, because the universe is so crazy, I loved that. It, like I loved how yeah. all in the kid goes immediately when, he's, when he gets a whiff of what he thinks is happening with them. And I love that the director's like, okay, I believe you. And then they just like, you know, then we're just opera because it's a while before he actually sees it, I yeah. think. Well, Angel also is like into ancient aliens and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love when he sets up the cameras and he's like, all right, well, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> well, yes, he's like, he's like, you know, I could watch these feeds for you. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, no, definitely not. And then he so watches them. Anyway. <laughs> I like that the fact that when the, after the director decided to show up and, 
the angel got his little redemption there because the first thing out of the director's mouth was that fucking cloud hasn't moved for an hour and a half. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the shoe? Sure. The internet oh, wants God. us to solve the mystery of the shoe. I would like to know what everybody thinks it is because I think well, we're all going to have weird interpretations. This might throw off some interpretations, but Natalie, our friend on Slack, saw an early screening of this, um, which mm-hmm. you should go through and read the thread. It's really funny. But in her first screening, she said that there was a, a moment where the shoe topples and like oh, falls over. Interesting. So, but I, don't I like it. <laughs> I just took it to be like another like bad miracle where it's like you know yeah the shoe landed perfectly vertical which is weird and strange and unfortunately it happened like in this like horrific scene of like if it had happened otherwise during that shoot it would have been cool but it's happened to be when the monkey was it's such an interesting decision to cut the scene where it falls yeah because then it just sets it up as like this uh like crazy level of mystery that it's kind of unrelated to the plot, but you can't stop thinking about it. You're like, what's up with that? Yeah. It's like 60 year old guy beside me was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again. And I mean, I those are the moments though, where I feel peel in this movie going heavy with the weird. And like, it's one of the things I really like about the movie. I, mean, I think us is a movie. So. I think us is a movie like that too. Like us is a batshit insane it's movie. It's real fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think he kind of carries that on with this i thought for sure being the sci-fi geek that i was that the shoe was standing because it was going to be part of the whatever alien technology mm-hmm. they were attacking the planet with but that got blown out of the water <laughs> yeah it was my first thought too with the first time we saw it but like i think it definitely exists as something that's more thematic and yeah. um and metaphorical about like to me and of course you know me i love to be up my own ass but um to me it <laughs> get kind it girl of, get it <laughs> I was thinking about how it, it it is it is a weird miracle, right? But it also almost feels like time has stopped. Mm. And here he is at this sort of point uh, in his life where he's like in this liminal space between when he, you know, where he was before this happened and who he's going to become on the other side of the trauma. Yeah. And in oh. that moment, time freezes. And maybe that's what the toppling of the 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 shoe meant is that he, he, now it's over. Sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. Keep no, going. go ahead. Cut off. <laughs> I was gonna I'm just going to keep rambling. So And his secret room has got it on display mm-hmm. in the trophy case in the same position. So that would explain why he's still broken. Because mm-hmm. he was never able to get over it. Right? right. It's still like frozen in that that place. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's as, how I took it. I love that. As cool and as like interesting as the shoe stuff was, I was like, all right, vertical shoe. But I was just like, that whole scene was the scariest part of the movie for me. Like raining viscera aside, like, when he's under the table and Gordy stops and like notices him, I was like, and like, we know he survives because we see him as an adult. So, but I was just like, yeah. even before oh, that, like that they, was so scary. Yes. You told it dead on. But even before that, the part that got me, it's one of the cut flashbacks to in the middle of the movie where we see the dad character come from downstairs and kind of have like a standoff with him and try to run away. And then we hear yeah. him getting murdered in the, Holy, like, because there's just something so weirdly realistic in that actor's portrayal of like what you might do when you're trying to escape an animal that's like being aggressive and like it doesn't work and then he's dead. But the, well, the, the most sound of him like 
peeling the faces oh. off of those actors. Like it's extended. Yeah. I remember and it's, the wife of the what guy was like, Oh, and, and like, then it's, it's we're doing this together. It's so brutal. <laughs> it's so brutal that it kind of looks like the monkey wasn't going to kill him. And then he sees it get shot right in front of him. Like the monkey reaches out to give him a, the fist bump from the show the exploding fist bump. And then first, his, first ever. and then he, he just watches the monkey die. So it's almost like a weird, other level of trauma on top of that with this thing that he yeah. probably oh, yeah, felt totally. friendship with, you know? Right. I mean, it's smart because it gives like, he's kind of this sort of stock character in these things. Like if he, if he's kind of the mayor in jaws, which I don't know if you guys have noticed, there's some allusions to jaws in this, um, I don't think so. <laughs> but like, you know, we don't really get Is a, there ton. a mayor in tremors. I actually don't remember. <laughs> no, no. There's a guy that runs the, the, like, the grocery store. The store. The store. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, like, uh, uh, typically we can kind of just like fall on tropes or like motivations, but I think it's really smart. It adds this level of motivation to him. It, mm -hmm. it enriches his character so much because you understand why having had this experience that he might have the hubris to think that he could wrangle an alien, um, yeah. without realizing the thing that protected him as a child was the same thing that would have protected him here, which was to not make eye contact because he had that kind of sheer thing in front of well, his eye. Well, and you could also see how an incident like that might drive a person to hmm. really desire to control nature like that. Cause it's really what he's Absolutely. doing with the ranch too. Mm -hmm. With the yeah. horses. I want to go stuff. there. Jupiter yeah, looked kind of cool. Yeah, Jupiter's well, claim. It kind of shows like the how Hollywood can make it cold and callous too, because he knows what happens with the with uh, using a wild animal originally from his kids show, but he knows it was successful and he wants that success and he's going to do it anyways, mm -hmm. despite knowing how it turned out. I mean, and like, isn't there like uh, we recreate cycles of trauma, you know, and we see right. it in like who we're attracted to, things like that. If we have like childhood trauma in some ways, I feel like this is him trying to rewrite that history. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's part oh, humorous, yeah. but also just like falling into that tr that site, that trauma cycle. Yeah. He's good, guys. He's yeah, a good. It is. So <laughs> I like when it's, he's like my lovely wife and she's like. In her like, <laughs> she. Like, I love that actress. She was in. If anybody's familiar with Boardwalk Empire, she was in the last mm. two seasons of that show. It's the only thing I've ever seen her in, but she's really good in this. I like when he's like, "And these are my sons." Ah, wait, never mind, never mind. We're gonna yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Aliens ready. <laughs> um. So John, the one guy in Tremors has an elephant gun, and it's really a key mm. to the whole plot of the movie. That's Burt Gummer, isn't it? In Tremors... In, Michael Gross got one Michael character, Gross, right? thank you. In Tremors, Mr. Reba McIntyre. In Tremors 2, John, they they strap dynamite to a remote control car and they trick the Graboid into eating it and then it blows it up. What was the one that we reviewed not that long ago that had... Um, I don't know, remember the subtitle, but boy, was that god-awful. Yeah. It was real bad. It was one of the sci-fi ones or something like that. They've made a lot of Tremors movies. Oh, the Jamie Kennedy Tremors? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Son of Tremors. Yeah, right? It, it might have been called. Because <laughs> um, that one, they brought back uh, Burt Gummer. Yeah. Yeah. He's been the one linchpin to all those sequels. Yeah. So, you know. uh, would you recommend Nope? Rachel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Caitlin. I would say do a triple feature. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. Do the full peel. 
the full beard. I might. Yeah, I thought you meant see it three times in a row. I mean that too. <laughs> Keep <Either watching>. <laughs> Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah. Casey. Yup. John. Yes. Yeah, it's really like a spectacle movie too. So I feel like if you're comfortable in the theater these days, it's really worth it. Especially because like I feel like we haven't had one of those in a while. So. Yeah, before monkeypox takes off, man. <laughs> Go now. <laughs> if you're getting monkeypox in the theater, something John is going stays very on wrong fabric for 17 days. 17. I have seen an article or two this week that's talking about how Jordan Peele and Kiki Palmer have re- uh, created the summer blockbuster. So. Mm. There you go. John, you're the one in the monkeypox hotbed there, so you should be worried more than any of us. Yeah. Am I really? Is it really? Oh, yeah. John, you have people at my work have monkeypox. <gasps> what? Careful, Are you like, wow. what? Wash your clothes. It stays in the fabric. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try and close in stores anymore. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's not like on I've done that in the last 10 years. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Time to head to the mountains, John. But yeah, no, it's, it's mm, mountain it's house. Mountain problem. house. Yeah, I mean, Sounds like it. All right, y'all. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at sleepaway camp for almost three weeks, and I'm getting very scared. Someone is watching you. Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Sleepaway camp. You won't be coming home, rated R. Hi, this is Daniel Robo from everything you've ever seen on television, and you're listening to Bloody Good Heart. I think I need my top 10 list here. Oh boy. I think you might. Yeah, you have 10 right now. So Yeah, I added something Ooh. one of the weeks. One of the weeks you were out, I added something. I didn't. I managed to find it. Um, you know, I've been, man, I've been really debating this. I think this is going to go at number one. Oh, shit. I think this bumps. Shit. I think this bumps. If, like, if. Right now, number one is X. Just letting you know. Yeah, like, it's just so ambitious. X is awesome. I love X, but this thing is just so such a huge swing. I love it. The but only ones gotta... I'm surprised you still have on here are The Cursed, Monstrous, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Those are not your bottom three in order, just FYI. I just personally... What's number 10? What? 10 is Texas Chainsaw. You can bump... Um, what, what's The Cursed? The werewolf know, one. It's yeah. like the, and then yeah, what, the period what werewolf film. What are the three you enlisted? What are my last three on there? Last three. Um, eight is Monstrous, nine is Torn Hearts, and ten is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And what is Monstrous? It was the Christina Ricci one. <laughs> I 
I didn't see it. So uh, with like the little boy, you could bump that one because I don't remember anything from it. So it obviously just stuck with Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I think Texas Chainsaw like it could end up on this list. I'm gonna see what else comes out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we have some, a. There's some stuff coming. Could I Pearl? Good. Pearl's coming yeah, out. Yeah, Pearl so, is. Like the prequel Pearl looks good because mm-hmm. I was like. I thought X was fine, but Pearl looks really good. And guys, bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, yeah I'm excited bodies, for bodies, 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 bodies. Don't worry, darling. The menu. Oh God, yeah. Barberry, Barber, the one with um old Pennywise boy, that Skarsgård one. Barbarians. Yeah, that I'm excited about that. That uh, that mm-hmm. handsome, handsome little Skarsgård there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of them are handsome. <laughs> I know that doesn't. Wait, so Ty West is going to have two movies this year. He yeah. filmed Pearl like at the same time that he yeah. filmed X. Oh, this is this is the prequel. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm okay. I'm putting it all together now. Very I good. think it was on Slack. Somebody was talking about uh, seeing an interview with Ty West talking about he was able to talk to studio and to let him film back to back because it was during COVID and they were shooting in New Zealand. They'd already mm-hmm. done the quarantine time there. And they figured we already got out through the quarantine time stuff. They can bust through this and get it in the can. Very genius. Yeah. Um, What do we got on Twitter? Oh, we have an email, actually. I'm sorry. Um, I was asking people to send in their thoughts about the Joe Bob convention because Elizabeth had mentioned that it was like a little lackluster. So I was curious what other people thought. Um, So Chris Chris wrote in. He says, uh, since you asked about Joe Bob's jamboree, I thought I'd share. I went all three days. It was pretty great. I'm burping. I'm sorry. This is the word. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Could could edit that. <sighs> I only took I only took no, uh, I only took Pepto once today, John. I'm gonna call that a freaking miracle. Um, I don't have any previous horror convention experience, but I would agree with Elizabeth that the con part of the experience was modest. Um, I'm sorry that I missed her. There were about 20 vendors of cool stuff. Oh, 20 is like nothing for a convention. Yeah, it's very to whom yeah. I to whom I happily gave my money. I mean, I would expect like a hundred at a decent convention um about 20 celebrities joe joe bob and darcy that's cool yuki and john brennan from the show tom atkins tommy lee wallace sybil danning doing photos and autographs there was also a room for a series of panels that ran most of the day i only checked out one of those with the last drive-in crew which is cool the evenings were absolutely the best part stage was set up in front and to the side of the screen they had live bands to start things out every night which was cool friday night halloween three um with guests was a blast though there were a few technical bugs to work out saturday uh saturday double feature of rock and roll high school and bubba hotep was great all those were presented just like the show with joe bob breaks throughout that sounds exhausting sunday's presentation of hogzilla with live mst3k riffing led by jonah ray was a lot of fun then eight shorts and two features of indie films went till 3.45 a.m. Like, I'm, I'm way too old for this shit. It was going to be dead, just it, dead in his grave. It was epic. Um, TV. I'm not even going to attempt to spell that, was my favorite. Watch out for it. I don't get excited for celebrities, so the best surprise was what a cool, fun group of people showed up. It really was like a three-day sleepover party with your scary movie buddies. If you have the means, I highly recommend checking it out. Chris in Madison. That that sounds cool and like absolutely nothing I want to be a part of. Like uh, that yeah. sounds exhausting and sweaty, and I'm hungry. Just think, like I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah. And there were those tickets well, for each night. Do you know how much Pepto he would have to buy? Dude. To get to- <laughs> no, but listen, each one of those tickets was like $150 like per night. It's like insane. Really? That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's high. Also, you know, the monkeypox. I would say that's a lot of money to spend to get monkeypox. It's also unclear to me. I'm curious, like at that Mahoney Drive-In, if, pe- if it's like a people are camping situation or if it's all like everybody's going to clear out at the end of the night. Like, I don't know how festival-y it really is. So I'm curious, but. That's it for you email. You have to go home, but you can't stay here. Situation. Exactly. That's yeah. it for email. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Casey, what's on Twitter? All righty. We got two tweets out there. If you got questions, hit us up. Ask BGH. Uh, first one comes from good buddy Skizbot. Do y'all have a go-to bathroom stall or urinal to use before a flick at the theater? Or do you just naturally gravitate, gravitate toward wherever there's the least piss on the floor? um i mean i'm just i'm just using a urinal as as a man before the movie uh and i guess yeah i guess i'm probably looking for the least amount of pee on the floor yeah but this is an interesting (laughs) i read once that statistically statistically the first stall is always the cleanest because people always skip it thinking the opposite yeah so i I always read that once too eric and i've never forgotten it and i always that sounds like science i always go i always go for the first stall and you'll notice like they're always way less trashed than the other ones i also go to the one where the seats are still up from having been cleaned like the night before especially like some of the larger movie theaters that have like 30 stalls i'm just like i'm just gonna go until i find one that hasn't been used today Mm. and it's good news. The one that I used during Nope, the door wouldn't even close all the way. I was like, we got to hurry. Like, I I, I, I got to get back to see Gordy. Like, I got to be really fast with this broken door. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like, I always wait so long that I'm just like, first of all. But is there any, is there a greater form of anxiety than realizing halfway through your peeing that you've forgotten to lock the door and you're just like waiting? I just do like hold the door with like one hand. (laughs) I was like, there's no time. (laughs) Man, I cannot imagine ever forgetting to do that. I've never forgotten to do that in my life. I didn't forget. It was just broken. Well, then I'm not going. I'll just hold it and die. Well, then me neither. I definitely haven't done that multiple times. Eric's like, UTI, be damned. And we're done, yeah. Uh, All right. Our second question for tonight comes from at Erie, Arizona. Which death would you prefer? Coin through the orbital socket, handcrafted mauling by a chimp, or slowly digested by a jean jacket? Thomas Jefferson through the eye all day. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say you wouldn't see it coming. It's instantaneous and painless. Like. Nickel brain. We'll say we didn't even comment on the fact that it was a Thomas Jefferson coin that went through his hand. There's so much in this movie. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. We didn't didn't comment about David Keith. (laughs) I was I was about to say, like it was one of the things that upset me the most about this movie is that he wasn't in it more. Like it's (laughs) you hear that voice. So good. I know. Especially as a cowboy. I'd watch him cowboy all day long. Yeah. Caitlin, would you have accepted the purple people eater if it was David Keith? Yes. Okay. All right. That's it for tweets, Eric. What's on Instagram? We got some bangers today. Let's see what we got. Stand by, John. (laughs) John only. John, get your ranking in order. Clock is ticking. We're not going to get out of this one. How did each BGH member originally come to the group? What's your origin story? 
Um, I mean, I started. I doing- murdered Cece. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. I uh, I started the original BGH in like the website version in 2001, uh, and then decided we should do a show in like 2007. And then I started recruiting people. I advertised through Night of Living Podcast because they were like to me the thing at the time that people were listening to. So, and I believe that's how Casey and Schnarps found us. Yep. Correct. Amazing. John was like, I got to meet this Eric person. He seems like my life partner in waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely said that. Uh, <laughs> but I think you had originally, I think you advertised for writers first. Probably. I think yeah. I started writing for a while. I think we, we had even... gathered. Yeah. I think we were gathering like, expanding like a writing team first and then i was like hey we should just like yeah. do this we started we the decide first... on the show until like a year in right uh, yeah. maybe like or maybe six, seven six or eight months, months like less near but like the wild thing is i we hadn't really spoken to each other before we started the show like i think i had had like a 10 minute conversation on the phone with casey and john at different points but mm, no yeah. idea if there was chemistry no idea if we liked each other like well, we'd never aside, seen each other either, except we had like never, on social media. We hadn't met yet. Yeah, exactly. Pretty wild. And we didn't yeah. do it on video for years. Years, yeah. To have a time machine and see that meet cute. <laughs> we've <laughs> only we've only been doing video for s- about seven years when we launched the Patreon. Yep. Hmm. No, but we were doing it on video chat before we started broadcasting it or before we, we were started. doing No, that we did. We were doing uh because I, I rewired now. everything right around the same time so that we could do it our live shows i think we did we did we did times. do the spooktaculars yeah. yeah yeah the spooktacular that's what i was trying to think of I can't my, believe my I memory that also name. sucks <laughs> knows, but... they were so fun Kate and i Kate, missed the spooktacular caitlin you were like a listener originally right? long time fan yeah first time caller yeah Slack. i was a fan I, I went to the meetup in chicago and was very annoying on Slack. And then um, Eric, you guessed it on Thor's and you're like, oh, Caitlin has a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I Perfect. sure do. <laughs> You'd be shocked, Caitlin, the amount of people that want to be on podcasts that can't figure that part out. So you were ahead of the game. I work for my, my brother um, is like streams on Twitch and stuff. And I've inherited like his, you know, the, the generations of yeah. his equipment that he's like moved on from and yeah, it makes a difference. So, um, and then we were like looking to like expand the roster of people that were guesting in the show. And I reached out to a bunch of people in the BGH community and like a bunch of them came back with the zombie girls, like recommended. Oh really? Yeah, okay, but most importainly, I was that's, like, you yeah, guys I thought it was Rachel. for sure. It was Caitlin. Cause we, I mean, I was, no, it was a bunch of people. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. After, after you guys were on for the false positive episode yeah. of uh, plug it up, I remember emailing John and Eric and I was like, best episode of plug it up yet. You guys like, we have to like, utilize the zombie girls they're awesome oh yeah it was wild because i'd listened to the show forever stalked caitlin made her be my best friend as i do and then it was 
I got an email from Eric and I was like, what, what? Like, it was one of those weird moments where you're like shouting into the void and then the void shouted back. I was like, what, wait, but he's a, he's a celebrity. <laughs> False. And then you met him. Yeah. <laughs> We're revolted. <laughs> the best thing. It was, it was a wild way to wake up. I think it was like the first thing I saw in the morning and I was like, yeah, I send. Yeah, I send fake, fake news. I, I send emails like real early usually, and like I'm mm-hmm. also on the East Coast, so yeah, I imagine that happened. My favorite Don't they part. Say never meet your heroes, isn't that? <laughs> Honestly, Aww. my favorite part about the like, um, other than just you guys have all been amazing on the show, but my favorite part about the BGH like Zombie Girls collab is that I basically just email Rachel and I'm like, send any like send someone, meet a person, <laughs> like. Cause I used to get really in my head and spend a lot of time thinking about like the perfect fit for like what movie. And I still sometimes do that, but like, it's like hitting the zombie girls, like slot machine. Like you're always going to win, but I don't need to make the decision. Like Rachel <laughs> figure it out and let me know. We get the email. I pick up the zombie girls, red phone. And I'm <laughs> Quick. Like, we have a call. <laughs> I love it. Goes out on the little- and honestly, <laughs> you guys have been, I- you guys have been incredibly. I, do I vaguely remember talking to Rachel on Twitter back in the day at the start of BGH, yeah. because when you first came up, came on, I when you first guested with us, I didn't fully remember, and then you mentioned something about being Rachie Pants on Twitter. I'm like, wait a minute, I know that name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have probably interacted over the years in a cool and non-stalkery way. <laughs> um, and you guys have been really great. You guys have been really great about rolling with my like last minute requests of like, hey. We're recording in four hours. You guys want to be on the show? So yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> we love it. just made instant. Yeah. <laughs> your pants separation over here. <laughs> um, no, we love it. We love it. Every time we, every, it feels like a compliment every time you invite us on. I'm like, cool. I didn't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Um, yep. How do you rank all Jordan Peele movies? John. E- equally no do you no. know what no no i'm with john like i i cannot pick one of these movies out and be like this is better than the other ones like they're all just amazing I if anything all, I, I gotta go order. if anything i re- i Release rank her. them in reverse chronological order because everyone has been more ambitious than the last like i kind of you know what i mean if you I said have... i could only watch one of them again mm-hmm. at least i don't know this is hard if I could only watch one of them right now, I would watch Nope again. Same. I, it's the one I want to see the most again. Right and I now. like, I kind of love, I think Us is better than Get Out in a lot of ways, but it also was, it's, it like made me too uncomfortable. Like not in a bad way. <laughs> like it's great, but I'm like, do I really want The soundtrack go- for Us alone, yes. like I think push, uh, my ranking is Us, Get Out, and Nope. And I don't know, I listen to the Us soundtrack just like, chilling you know it's just so good yeah man it's just yeah. so, it's so grim you're like it's wednesday night how about some us let's play anthem <laughs> yeah i don't i i don't know because on one hand i think get out's probably my number one but some of that is about it's his first film i didn't know what i was going into it was like a revelation to see something mm-hmm. like that for sure and i wonder and out of nowhere yeah. also at that time politically yeah. like I mean, and any time since then, we've yeah. needed it. But like at that yeah, moment in particular, it felt yeah. like so like, oh, thank God, you know. Yeah, it was like me and Matilda were the only white people in the theater when we saw it. And I remember the people standing up in front of us were like, a lot of messages in that movie. <laughs> hope people heard them. And I'm like, yes. No, <laughs> um, I just... I was like, yeah, I was at one of those dine-in places and we were just like, 
housing cheese fries. And I was just like, this rules. Like, Man, I miss that. So oh, yeah, those are cool. Those were cool until I stopped being able to eat food. And then it sucked because then I just had to sit through the movie and like smell this delicious food the whole time. <laughs> right. Um, your story reminds me, Rachel, I'm sure I've told this before, but I had my, a friend of mine, his older brother is probably in his like mid forties now. So in high school, um, they went to see the movie higher learning. Remember that you've oh, seen that no. movie? Yes. Now they oh, also no. at the time, oh, no. they also at the time were playing football and as part of like the preseason hazing, everyone shaved their heads together. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> And so they're like watching higher learning and like slinking down in their seats, like as far as I go. <laughs> Bad timing, bro. Um, all right. I love this question. What would you bring to a charcuterie and board game night with friends? All I really care, like, what's your go to charcuterie item? I am a master of the charcuterie oh. arts, let me tell you, because I cannot cook. I can fold meat. And so I am known what's, for what, my charcuterie. What's the all star? It charcuterie is like my it's like if I could, you know, it was, if you gave me one meal, like meal before I die situation, like I might go there. Cured meats, yeah. pickles, cheese, like so in particular gone. to me, yeah. dips, maybe I don't know if you count dips. In it's there, the but. to me, it's the prosciutto. Like do listen, prosciutto. do not skimp on the prosciutto. Like that board needs to yeah. be 75 percent cured meats correct, or just another board with like fruit and cheese and not like. But they cured me. It's like uh, the entree of it. Like, don't, don't I skimp want, on I it. want the meats and cheese in equal portion. That's okay. As long as you're not skimping on the prosciutto, it's the best part. You know what? Are, look, it can be infinite. Infinite prosciutto, infinite cheese. Like, <laughs> what's the problem here? Put some grapes on there for sure. I like really like. I, mean, I like a grape in. And a, and a it pickle. better be pickled. I like figs. <laughs> I like Pickles are pretty essential. There's, a, uh, there's yeah. a place in Richmond that has a great charcuterie board, and it comes with pickled green beans uh, like and it just like it just makes it rounds the whole thing out it's from so good. any fermented fruit or vegetable i'm a big big, big dried fig person i feel like it adds some some sweetness there i'm oh, a yes. sal- i'm a salami guy myself salami what's yours rachel yeah. well i mean i do always have dried figs and tons of prosciutto and i um and uh, you must, you must display all of your salami in the shape of a rose. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lots of bread products are required as well. I like a soft cheese and a hard cheese. I have literally strong feelings. Then I like to have a variety of dark chocolates because sometimes you need that little little sweet palate cleanser between all the process or the 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 for the, che- the meats the and cheeses. Yeah. yeah, you need that salty. I was trying to find the picture of the one I made this weekend. It was glorious. I will say I'm a big follower of the Ina Garten principle too. Of like some of it can be store-bought some of it can be homemade you vary the heights you vary the spread mm-hmm. I, I will that. say when you get bad prosciutto it's really depressing when it's like stringy and like just not not great that's the worst because you get so excited and then you're not mm. like like as, far, as far as gaming nights though i go more towards uh beef jerky than charcuterie less mess Hmm. Um, how is how is salami a mess, Casey? <laughs> it's greasy. It's green. It can get like, greasy. Guess, yeah, it's, greasy, it's like yeah. wet. Yeah. You got to think of your game components, is what I'm saying. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Right. You get you get you get the toothpicks. You get toothpicks yeah. and yeah. Um, have this, you ever? This is Indiana, John. <laughs> Fair. Have you Fair ever enough. seen a UFO? I have not. My partner has. Oh. <laughs> yes, he grew up down in the desert. Ask and... the mic, Rachel. 
<laughs> Randy, you want to tell your UFO story? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was coming home from a um, Oingo Boingo concert in the 90s. Wow. Yes, cool. and it was late at night out in the desert, and he and his friends, a car full of friends, looked up and saw something hovering in the sky, and it stayed there while they for a long time as they drove under oh, it. Amazing. Did they get missing What's time. It was time? a giant triangle with lights on the on the ends. Am yeah. I just yeah. Danny Elfman I'm going home. Yeah, <laughs> that's just Danny Elfman going home after the show. That's <laughs> you're right. It probably was just Danny Elfman going home. <laughs> Sorry, I guess you didn't see it. You know. saw <laughs> <laughs> <on> an Elfman feel. <laughs> Uh, I think we answered this one recently, but who is your favorite horror director? Jordan Peele? Of all time? He's getting there. Modern? I would say Peele for sure. I'm um, really digging Julia DeCorno. Why are you stealing my answers? Karen Kusama. <laughs> I mean, I'll go ahead and take that one too. <laughs> Damn it! DeCorno, she's got two movies, right? Am I missing? There's not like one. Okay, of, okay so you mean one less than Jordan Peele? You're I'm just friend? saying. Like, all right, no, no, but like I almost feel like the Jordan Peele is like a little bit of like a tongue in cheek thing. Like it, three movies. Like I'm gonna wait. Like oh, I'm not tongue in cheek I mean, about it. Cronenberg is number one. Like come on, guys. Like, oh, let's. Yeah, for me it's Carpenter. For me, when you look at yeah, Carpenter. Halloween, yeah. The Fog, The Thing, Prince of Darkness, Big Trouble in Little China, and uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Like, that's a run yeah. of some crazy it, good Car- shit. I, I go Carpenter. That's usually my, like, go-to answer, too. His lows are real bad. Like, he's done that's some, fair. like... That's fair. That's fair. How dare but, you like, speak of Ghost of Mars like <laughs> the The Ward? Have you ever seen The Ward? Oh, boy. I've seen The Ward. Ugh, that's but, a dark like, note to for, go on You know, off. for his sensibilities, he just, like struck lightning at just the right time in the genre and like you know yeah, yeah. the Maybe. adrian barbo lightning i guess <laughs> wait stars yeah. isn't your favorite director brie grant <laughs> oh wait, that's where did you guys land oh okay wait a second i was i was like guys what about john john doesn't hold like on a second because this is actually you just reminded me of something so in them we were reviewing that movie and caitlin was saying that she remembered you saying something not nice or something about or not about not liking Bray Grant, and she was upset about it. I was like, Did let's. I was not upset. I wanted to know. But listen, to know like I wanted to there to be some dissent because we all really liked the movie. But here's the best part. Uh, you, okay. So I, I, and I said this on the show and I did it. But I was like, let's text John and get him on the show. I said, can we oh, call you live me. on the show? LOL. Five minutes later, I get the most bit. I don't even know who this person is that texted me back. This is like business, just like drunk business schnars. He says, nah, man, I'm at an event. Period. <laughs> I, I well, wouldn't schnars. No, no, I would. My, sorry. My, uh, yeah, look, I get it. My point was I would have joined, but I like legitimately couldn't. Like I would, it, Listen, you, I would have happened. It's okay. From- I know there's two different versions of you. I just, it's startling to see the other one. That's all. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Sweet. The you like the movie. Do your friends? Do your friends know about us? We all were like pro pro torn hearts. Yeah, torn. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's it's, It's good. It's It's it made my list. I made Eric's list. It's a decent little thriller. I mean. (laughs) There's movies on Eric's list that he does not remember watching. Yeah, fair. But I re- come back to me in two months and let's see if he knows what Tor that fucking is. that werewolf movie. I need someone to remind me what that is every goddamn time it comes up. Every time, 
The cursed. And yeah, I'm hoping I sort that, of forgot like, about it. There's a lot too. of good stuff coming in the fall. I'm thinking it'll get bumped, but you never know. Monstrous. You know, I like. I enjoy the process of just giving things some time on the list, John, for a little bit. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's not a crazy process. They're here for us. They're here for a season of my life, and then we we part ways. You know. All right. That way, maybe I'll check out Torn Hearts. That way, if it doesn't turn out for that director, and they're super sad that their passion project didn't turn out, they know that they lived on Eric's top ten list for at least a week or two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They all listen. I'm doing the Lord's work over here. Uh, this is a great one. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Yes. <laughs> John, yeah, I mean, John, you look pregnant with thought. Well, I was gonna, like, statistically, I think it is likely there are aliens. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've actually I been, don't Duke. know that I believe they visited Earth. I've yet. been thinking about this a lot. No, Rachel's no. partner, notwithstanding. Okay, so <laughs> have you guys <laughs> seen? I've been thinking about this a lot for two reasons. One, first of all, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with aliens, like loved it. Yeah, I had a but, for sure. Um, there was a thing with the government lately where they declassified all that shit that they A-tip. were like, mm-hmm. "Guess what? We actually mm-hmm. don't know what this is." Uh, that's really fascinating, and like. It's kind of like when you grow up, the day you grow up and you realize your parents don't know what's going on and you're like, oh shit, and it's like terrifying. Like that's kind of what it feels like to hear the government be like, we don't know, we can't figure it out. What do, what do you guys mm-hmm. think? Um, and then they recently this- re-changed the, the name to include like uh, unidentified submerged objects. And there's the last podcast episode on USOs and it's so good. Um, shit, it's scary. But like, <laughs> and then I've also been rethinking about it too with uh like this telescope thing launching and, and all this talk yeah, about how web. how like yeah. unknowably massive the universe is so like yeah that's my big, point there's so many galaxies out there statistically seen, there's got to be oh, something yeah it also just captured something coming out of a black hole instead of something coming into a black hole mm-hmm. spat something out much Definitely like an alien our alien I, little like uh, jellyfish guy it <laughs> could be a starship Jesus. enterprise Skeptical eyebrow is so cutting. <laughs> Rachel, don't <laughs> I know? Eyebrow? Like, Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. Watch it in real time. Uh, I think I to feel, the bone. I think Here's I the thing, feel... though. Like, so have you guys have you guys read this the, the three body problem? Are you familiar with this book? No. Yes. Like, uh, somewhat famous. It's not great. If there's aliens out there, like the most likely scenario is like real bad for Well, humanity. that's like the Stephen Hawking. So, that's what is the Stephen Hawking thing was that if yeah, there are aliens, we probably don't want to contact like a, them. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I feel like I find it probable. Like I, it's definitely statistically, mathematically, like it's really sense. hard. Like these videos that have been released by the government too, it's really hard to dismiss them when nobody can explain what they are. And I feel like if they knew that it was technology from another country, they wouldn't be talking about it openly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they're just so like, you're more of a boulder. Ours is more of a smelly. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I'm into that. Besides, <laughs> everyone knows <laughs> that octopus were, are, are pan, from panspermia. So the aliens are here. That makes sense. But then that makes sense, actually. I That's actually, right. I like the, um, I like the like theory that all fungus is alien life. Mm. Was that movie we watched that. where the guy was having sex with the ground in the earth? Yes. That was, that was about You're going to be needed to be more specific. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> a classic. Bloody um, yeah, that's a, I've been, I've had aliens on the brain lately. What is everyone's fears? I have the fear of objects in the sky. That's yours. 
No, no, that was Merle's who shared that question. Oh, with us. I'm actually fearless. Ear, so. Oh, yes. Oh, hey, you promised you'd, you'd promise you'd get the device out, Rachel. Oh, John that, missed this. Oh, no, I was. Oh, here you were here. That. Okay, oh, okay. I was here for that. This is Rachel's going to show us her anti-spider and this ear device. device. Is this the one that you're referring to? <laughs> oh of course, yes. it's fashionable. So- Rachel, there have been I I every time I go to lay down, I look under my pillow and shake it because three times in my life, once when I was a kid, once as a young adult, and once like a few weeks ago, there's been <laughs> see, a spider under my pillow. So it's you not crazy. need a spider bonnet. Now see, yes. this is how this works. I have to take it. I have put it around your head. Bedtime spiders. Yes. Oh, I okay. love it. Oh, it's got you wire know. inside of it. Look at you. Yeah, see, that's the genius. You think, oh, she just has fabric over her ears. No, that's what brilliant. is that going to do? But there's wire, and you just give it a little. Is this shark tankable? No ingress, no egress. For have spiders. you have you considered my <laughs> have you have you considered my proposition for an addition of um, so, eye covers? Yes, and there is a prototype that exists. Yes. That I wanted to show you today. It was it, I have a, a nautical version of this that I was going to wear because sky jaws. <sighs> But I slept in it last night, and I spilled coffee on it on this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. you got the fruit one instead. That is there am- is a prototype that has flaps. That is amazing. The best part is that they still look fashionable with their hair. Of course they do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> very fashionable lady. I feel like my alien-seeing boyfriend disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What does he know? He, well, he thinks he's I mean, if you want to beat that, like, so before... I was saying Elizabeth got me this like thing. It's like a weighted thing because I didn't want something like tied around my head. So it has little weights in it and you like put over your face. Before that, I was literally using clean socks. I would just put a sock on my face. (laughs) Wait for the light? That is not usually where men stuff socks. (laughs) No. No. And it was clean, I'd like to point out. You are an innovator. Um, Say whatever you want about Eric. He's an innovator. (laughs) I have... I have a pretty significant fear of like swimming in open water, like wide. Yeah. Like I had friends who were big in like lake swimming uh, when I was a kid and like, uh, you know, tubing and wakeboarding and stuff. But to me, there's like nothing more horrifying than like the two minutes after you fall off a tube and you're just floating waiting. in the water waiting <laughs> to get picked so up. Scary. Like, and it's not even like, I think something that I know is real is going to get me. Like, I think a like Leviathan is going to swallow me from the deep basically or a fish is going to touch your foot and that's just as bad yeah. so <laughs> the stakes are i mean all honestly when i really think about it i used to have anxiety that there would be a shark in like indoor pools when i was swimming in them like as an adult kind of honestly <laughs> gonna get you i, I could tell you of... i'm Go just gonna say real quick caitlin direct to your fear eric there's a really good short story out there from a few years ago called deep lies of the murky floor Mm, no, thank you. Mm. Written by the amazing author, me. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> the plug. The plug. Nice. Hey, nicely done. I'm scared yeah, of monkeypox, and I'm also oh. scared of ticks. I'm really scared of ticks. I hate them. A lot of bugs. I really don't like bugs. They're like parasites. I, really I have visited Lyme, Connecticut, which is the birthplace of Lyme disease for a, a story for work. And there is a souvenir you got was like one of those thimbles. I did a, (laughs) I did a drive by on a ferry 
by this like abandoned medical experimentation facility that's on an island off of the coast that the conspiracy theory is that like Lyme disease was created in a lab there and like oh yeah escaped. I have a friend that's like conspiracy fact yeah it's like <laughs> did you guys know that Lyme's disease and I was like Lyme singular <laughs> so I didn't actually get to go on Maybe the island talking about scurvy you don't know don't judge I didn't actually get to go uh, on the island but the reporter that I went with, they, they let her in and they gave her like a tour and stuff. It was kind of fascinating. I saw this documentary one time about these people that were like studying infectious disease and they were like tick hunters and they would just like go into the woods with whatever attracts ticks and like wear that suit. And they would just like walk out of the woods with like hundreds of ticks you on them. You know what's weird is like, I grew up in the Northeast. Ah. I grew up in the Northeast, which is like the epicenter. The only places I've ever seen ticks in my life was in Florida. In Florida, I used to find them on my dog all the time. I found one on my bikini line and lost my fucking mind. Like, yeah. I, I hate them. Also, oh. Mondo. All right, I'm going to have to invent show. something new, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> chastity belt for um, <laughs> a tick chastity belt. <laughs> our, our friend Mondo, he's been bitten. He is joking about maybe having Lyme disease. So stay yeah. tuned. Caitlin, um, <laughs> don't Google Powassan, which is. Google nut- it and tell me what it is. It's a, it's a, it is a Lyme, it is a tick-borne disease that's far worse than Lyme disease. It's, what it's, does it do? It's a lot rarer, but I mean, it can cause like death and severe brain damage and like all kinds of shit. We Sweet. did, we also did a story on somebody that had that. That's why now I know about it. John, what are you afraid of? I, th- I said fearless, I think. I don't know. Like, I, I that doesn't like, surprise yeah, that no, that doesn't that doesn't know, surprise like, me. With us. That doesn't surprise me, and I hate you for it. I'm like afraid of like bad things happening to my children. I guess like yeah, is that yeah. you know like, like outside of that like what's the do you have like a heights thing? Yeah, enclosed spaces. Yeah, I get claustrophobic. Another, I mean, if you like put me in like, like a coffin, a I'd be like, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Trump <laughs> is not great. Um, I'm kind of scared of doppelgangers. What if you saw another monkeypox? I mean, That's Eric tells nice. me he sees another schnorz every other week. So I, that's like, true. We would know. Afraid of that. We would. We would know by now if schnorz was afraid yeah. of doppelgangers. Um, You've had a lot of exposure therapy around that. You'll be all right. This is a related question: Is anyone actually afraid of aliens or sharks? If so, have you ever met other people way scarier? Mm-hmm. I'm I not mean, a, both uh, thing, two things can be true. I'm <laughs> like, ready. I don't have to pick. It's not an either yeah. or. <laughs> I'm actually not afraid of aliens at all, weirdly. I'm way into it. Uh, I'm afraid of sharks, though, for sure. Yeah. Stay out of the shark's house. Yeah. Which is the Pretty one. easy. In Indiana. <laughs> I'm deep on shark conspiracy TikTok, the shark guy that tracks them. I'm not, I'm anyway. not familiar. I'll I would send you a pay link. good <laughs> monies, American currency, <laughs> to see your TikTok algorithm. <laughs> My FRP is so good. I love it. That so should much. be a reality show, Legal honestly. Tender. That should be, but that should be a reality show where TikTok users just swap phones and give like real time reaction to someone else's algorithm. That's a YouTube. I would series. not be embarrassed whatsoever. I'd be like, guys, this is so cool. You got to see this TikTok. <laughs> um. All right, follow last question of the night. Follow up. You have to spend 24 hours in the ocean, space, or a political rally. Which do you choose? Space. Space. Bro. Easy. Yeah. Although I do think I have a fear of just wide open spaces in general. In the like, ocean, in like, like on a, a cruise ship? Just says <laughs> like, the ocean. Yeah, like am I in a boat and, and or a spaceship? Submarine? Like, <laughs> am I like on a yacht? Uh, am I? Floating. 
what what kind of political rally? Yeah. There's various kinds. Will I have to bring my own white hood? Because then space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the ocean. I don't care. I've been to political rallies that are really fun. I mean. But. Really? No, I, when I lived in Chile, abortion was illegal. So there were a lot of cool like abortion rallies and feminist groups that I got to. I know, the spirit of protest is like super awesome in Latin America. So those were, yeah, they those like, were good. They like burned you shit down. You got some fun times ahead here in the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> yeah. Poor <laughs> man, 2014, 15 was like, ha, would never happen. <laughs> what I, I encourage people to move to the Northeast because when the United States inevitably breaks into like five different countries, this is the one you're going to want to be in. We'll have Telling an international BGH. <laughs> Yeah, there that's right. Crossing borders. I love it. All right, that's going to do it. Um, don't forget, live uh, streaming video version of this show. You go to patreon.com slash bloody good horror. <clears throat> you also get the pre-show. That's where you get all the mayonnaise talk and other various subjects. Uh, you get back <laughs> episodes of the show, classics, the Slack, all kinds of stuff. So check that out on patreon.com. You too can help support bloody good horror. Um, Caitlin, what's going on at plug it up and how can people find you? Yeah, you can follow plug it up pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, this week's episode was on lights out the 2016 Diana movie. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you can also find me the first Friday of every month at strange ways on Dabney road in Richmond to do trivia. This month's is on creature features. So August 5th, if you're in town, Come see my creature feature trivia. Love it. Uh, Rachel. You need to have a digital version of that. I want to go in and, well, probably be. There's a whole ass PowerPoint. I'll send it to you. It's it's normie friendly. You would dominate. So. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm going to go flex. (laughs) Rachel, how can people find you? Well, you can find all of the zombie good zombie girls content uh, uh, at if you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, it's at ZG Podcast Plural. You can also just check out the website, zombiegirls.com. Check out what we're doing. Uh, for people who want to play along, we're going to be covering She Will on the next More Deadly, which we're recording this week. Um, we also have our big live show this weekend where we're going to be doing kind of like midsummer themed thing where we're going to put people in bear suits. <laughs> Probably. We also have a, an ask a Swede section. So if you guys have any Swede related <laughs> questions, we know a live actual human Swede who will answer them. Um, yeah. So lots of fun stuff going out there. So like I said, Twitter and, and uh, Instagram are probably the best places to find out what we're up to. Love Rachel, it. Rachel, I'm dressing as the May Queen on Friday for my A24 party. You decided. So. Oh yeah, my I'll God. Send are you going to do? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Please send pics. It's not, I mean, Lower your expectations, but it'll it'll be fun. <laughs> You're going to look amazing. Thank you. I would burn all the boys in a barn for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Casey, where can people find you? Find me on Instagram, cinema.fromage. You can find all my artwork and cool stuff like prints that you can't see now. Uh-oh. You can see it on Instagram, though. It looks really good. Love yeah. it. Um, you can find me, Eric BGH, on Twitter and Instagram. And also um, search Hi-Fi on Twitter, H-Y-F-Y. Got new music coming out. Toot sweet. So check that out. John. And Eric, I saw that you were a, like a favorite of Lara's. I child. saw that, yeah. She said that she, uh, she jams with her kid before she puts her to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
John, what co- local New York City coffee shop can people meet you at if they want to hang out? <laughs> since you're not on the internet. We don't have a good one near our apartment. Um, there's a place called Freehold in Union Square that uh, okay. I'll so, head up. It's more of like a stand than somebody, a shop. Somebody could but... stock that if you want to meet Okay, New us. York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have more bars, I would say. <laughs> Earl's, that's kind of close to my apartment. It's probably my go-to right now. Love that's it. like the most relatable thing you said to me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'm at a work function. You can find me on this podcast most weeks. That's true. <laughs> sure true. can. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. Hope you enjoyed our episode on Nope, and we'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.